All right, everybody, let's go ahead and get started. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time you've given us to go inside of your word, to hear what you have for us to say, or hear what you have to say to us. I thank you, Father God, for this opportunity to pour into these young people. I pray they're receptive. I pray uh, against any type of demonic warfare or spirit that may try to hinder them uh, for receiving something that will benefit them. We thank the Lord for that authority. As we talk about this spiritual warfare uh, for the next few weeks or so, I pray um, that we cover ourselves. And I thank you, Lord, for covering my wife, my daughter, my family as I stand in the, in the battlefield to help these young people gear up and prepare for the war that's around them. We thank the Lord for that authority. We thank the Lord for this time. And just name to pray. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about uh, spiritual warfare for a few weeks, man, uh, 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 probably seven or eight weeks. Uh, the big scripture that we're going to be in is Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 19. I'm going to read that real quickly. Man, we got like nine different points we're going to talk about throughout the few weeks, Lord willing. Um, a lot of stuff, man. And I felt led in my spirit today to um, really kind of di dive deep into helping young people understand the war that they're in and what they must do. Uh, to win. But the verse reads, and you all are familiar with this, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace verse 16 in all our circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god uh praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, make a supplication for the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in, open, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Now, we're going to go over a few points on spiritual warfare. Maybe we'll get into verse number 10, but there's a lot of things that we have to understand because whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, each and every one of us are in the midst of this warfare. Uh, so let's get down to some definitions to kind of give you guys some raw, no, not raw, but beginner level um, understanding on what spiritual warfare is. Uh, spiritual, let's start with the word spiritual. Spiritual is the unseen world and relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. So spiritual means it's the unseen world. We are more spirits than we are bodies. Like, like we're more of a spirit than we are our physical bodies. But in this world system, we are more programmed to feed our bodies than we are to feed our spirits. And that's by design. If you're physically strong, but spiritually weak, you won't be successful. So spiritual is the unseen. Can you see your spirit? None of us can really see our spirits. We know we have one, but we can't see them. Therefore, also in this world is invisible or invisible world that we engage in every day. Uh, warfare, by definition, means the engagement in or the activities involved in war or conflict. So right now, depending on where your belief system is, depending on where you are on the side of the bloodshed, will determine uh, uh, how much you understand the warfare you're facing. So right now you are engaging in warfare. And a lot of you all don't even know it. 
We'll keep going. We can break it down a little bit later. Uh, there are two primary errors when it comes errors. Sorry, not areas. There are two primary errors when it comes to the spiritual warfare. Some people overemphasize it and some people underemphasize it, meaning the overemphasized group are the people that thinks everything's a demon. You bumped your toe on a wall. That was the devil. <laughs> uh, uh, something happened to me that was not everything's demonic. Not everything's the devil. Not is not everything chasing you. Right. But there are groups of people that underemphasizes spiritual warfare. They don't think the devil exists. They don't think the warfare is that serious to be taught about or, or uh, studied. But those both sides find themselves uh, defeated. Uh, spiritual warfare is a spiritual battle. Here's the definition. <clears throat> Excuse me. Spiritual warfare is a spiritual battle going on in the spiritual world or in the heavenly places that can and will manifest itself in the lives of believers here in this world. Spiritual warfare is a spiritual battle. Right now, there is a battle going on. Right now, above us in the airs are demonic and angelic warfare right now. And there's warfare on your behalf. There, there's, there's angels that are encamping about you and there's demonic spirits that are trying to get to you. So right now, you are right dab uh, smack in the middle of a spiritual battle going on since Eden. So this warfare is not something like the Russia and Ukraine conflict. It's not something about the weapons and mass destruction in Iraq. It's not about the warfares back in the Bible days to this day. This warfare has been going on since the beginning and it will manifest itself in your life. Right now, you can pinpoint areas in your life where you are experiencing mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, and physical warfare because the enemy doesn't want you to become aware of you. We'll keep going. Uh, let's see here. Satan's ultimate aim or warfare with the king, uh, Satan's ultimate gain or warfare is with the kingdom of God and to stop it from advancing. Satan's ultimate aim against you is to make sure you don't find you enough to find what you're supposed to do and then advance God's kingdom through you. That's his ultimate objective is to stop the kingdom of God from advancing and to take as many God image bearing people to hell with him. His ultimate goal is to make sure, hey, you don't advance the kingdom of God through you, through you, through you. He wants to make sure you stay dormant, you stay stagnant, you stay unbelieving, you stay average, you stay carnal. Because if you stay in those low frequencies of spiritual uh, uh, being, then you will not have any type of eternal earthly success and advancing the, the image of marriage, the image of parenting, the image, the devil is after images. That's why he cares about you, because you bear the image of God. When Satan looks at you, when demons look at you, they're jealous of you because he sinned one time and haven't been forgiven. We sinned a million times and been forgiven a million times. So he hates the fact that he was made, but not made in his image. And he and this image bearing person that God has made or people he's made are able to benefit from salvation. Not that he wants to be saved. It ain't like he wants to go to heaven or like that. He just hates the relationship that we have with him because he knows that when we kindle that relationship with him, then it will kill anything that he wants to do in our lives. Next point. Warfare in your life can be caused by strays or specific shots. Warfare in your life can be caused by strays or specific shots. Right now, you may have caught a stray from your family. So that bullet wasn't meant for you. That spiritual tactic, that spiritual warfare, whatever it is, wasn't meant for you, but you caught a stray. 
or there is something specifically sent to you. The Bible says when we're tempted, we're tempted by our own what? Or drawn away by our own what? And then, uh, uh, and then we're enticed, right? <clears throat> this Bible said the wages of sin is what? So right now, there is a satanic system designed, tailored to you, to get you off track. And you got to look back in your life and ask yourself, what is it that he is trying to do, still kill, and destroy in my life, to ensure I don't have that life more abundantly? What are some of the benefits of having a life more abundantly? A joyful, peaceful, loving kind of life. What are some of the benefits of that? Say it again, swear. Oh, here, swear. Yeah, here. <laughs> you good. An abundant life, yep. Mm -hmm. That will make the devil nervous. Blessed. And, and what's, what are some of the benefits of being blessed? No worries. Can you really hurt a person who has no worries? And why is that? They don't care and there's no fear, right? What are some other benefits? Go ahead, Drew. Eternal life. What, what happens in the mindset of a person who knows their eternity secured and how would that make the devil nervous? You don't got to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about death. Another person. What another? Go ahead, uh, Courtney. Um, other people's salvation. Now, why does that make the devil or demons nervous? <clears throat> that's right. That's right. The abundant life, when we talked about this, I don't know if it's here. I know for sure I said in my Bible class, in my economic class, but there's frequencies of emotions. There's levels of vibration. And the highest level of vibrations has a high impact on other people. There's four levels. The first level, the top level of, of vibrancy is enlightenment. Why is enlightenment the number one thing? The highest level of, of existence or expression. So enlightenment means this. I know who God is. I'm enlightened. Enlightened means I let the light in. Now I can see. Now I can see myself. Now I can see God clear. I see myself clear. I see husbandhood clear. I see fatherhood clear. I see it clear because I have been enlightened. I have to be enlightened as a young man because when I first started business and ministry, I wanted to make a lot of money. Then when I found my honey, I had to balance my money and honey. Now, what does that mean? I just can't chase the money and then hurt my honey, hurt my wife. What's the point of scaling up entrepreneurially, scaling up in business, but then 15, 20 years down the road, I'm divorced. My wife leaves. Tom Brady is the GOAT in the NFL, but he's a donkey in his home. He's successful in the NFL, got seven championships, but lost his wife and lost his kids. You can have all the money in the world, <clears throat> be called the GOAT by everyone else, but all that matters is what Giselle thinks of him, what his two sons think of him. What profits a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul, loses his family, lose it all? So I had to realize I just can't scale my business. I have to scale my home. And the enemy's objective is how can I get you in low level of enlightenment where you're actually in darkness and you can't really uh, cause any type of enlightenment to someone else? And so enlightenment means I see things clearer 
clearly and originally. God has an original way for you to see manhood, original way for you to see womanhood, an original way for you to see money, an original way to see relation. He has an original enlightened way of seeing things. Why do you think the devil wants to skew our vision of how God wants us to see things? Pick one and then tell me why. You could pick relationships. You could pick money. You could pick business. Why do you think? He, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Matt. I told someone the other day, I don't know, probably many days ago, my days be so connected. I don't even know what day I'm in now. I said, I told David, good morning this morning. This afternoon, I just walked in just there. I said, good morning to him. I don't even know it's morning or night. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but I told a person, I said, the truth don't care about your feelings. It cares about you fulfilling. Truth don't care about your feelings. People think tr truth hurts, but truth never harms. What's the difference between hurt and harm? That's good. Hurt and go anybody else. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Long term. And that's right. It's intention. Yep. Hurt means it hurts you. My truth hurts you. But I wasn't trying to harm you. You can be harmed by a lie that feels good. More so that you can be harmed or hurt by the truth. I'd rather be hurt by the truth than be eventually harmed by a lie. Someone was telling you, oh, you. So imagine someone coming to me today talking to me, Mr. Ed, you can still go to the NBA. That, no, that, that lie harmed. That, that lie may harm me. <laughs> no, the truth is. Josh, you don't got it no more. You know what I'm saying? That's the truth. But enlightenment says, hey, man, you are dark in this area. Let the light in. Let me enlighten you. Let me let you know that you need truth to expose you. Because when you are enlightened and you're like, man, now I see things God's original way, then you can't be defeated. The devil's ultimate objective is after the way you see God and how you see you. Why? Why is he after how you see God and after how you see you? You made his image. And imagine um, when you're made in the image of God and don't even know that you have his image. Image is important. Like, like that's why I'm so glad my, uh, my dad t told me that my last name means king. Like, at a young age, that's, that's where I got that mentality from. Like, I remember we was poor, man, and my dad came to me, and I was, you know, went to public school and high water pants, uh, 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 hand-me-down clothes, and, and he said, son, your last name means king. And ever since then, I was like, yo, I'm a king. I'm glad he showed me my Nigerian heritage. Like, I'm glad I went to Nigeria for my own stuff to see with my own eyes that, yo, fam, you're not worshipped over here, but they, they, like, they treat you like kings over here, Right? I had that experience. So now when I come here, it's like, no, no, fam, I'm a king. Like, like I have to understand that I bear the image <clears throat> of a lineage. Like, 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 like I come from something. I come from God. And when you know you're from God, man, you think differently. You look differently. You see differently. You enlighten. The second level of enlightenment is uh, jo uh, love. First, the devil doesn't want you to experience it. I'm going to give you the four now. He doesn't want you to be enlightened. He doesn't want you to understand what love is. He doesn't want you to experience joy and doesn't want you to have peace. Those four things is what everybody in the world is looking for. Everybody's looking for him like, who am I? Right now, people get mad at Kyrie, whether he believes he's a Hebrew or whatever, whatever. But he's trying to find his, he's trying to find himself. 
Everybody else <clears throat> is looking for like like people who ain't seen their dad ever. They, they you you can you can be a father. I realize as a, as a father figure to people that a father figure cannot compete with their father for real. Because you can be a father figure in someone's life, but they if they want their real dad, bro, they gonna want their real dad. You can give them everything for two or three, four or five years, but they want their dad, right? That's the power of a dad, right? And what I realize and what we're realizing is, is that everyone is looking to see where they came from. That's placed in us by God. Because if we look far enough, we'll be like, all right, man, whether I, whether my family is good or not, whether my dad is good or not, I know I'm from God. And the next level is love. How, how powerful is love that the devil is, is, is trying to ensure that we don't feel it? What makes love so powerful? Cast out all fear. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. That's right. That's right. Love. You said uh, greatest thing in the word. And you said fear. Perfect love cast out fear. One more person. We can stick with those two. You said cast out all fear. <clears throat> uh, man, fear paralyzes. Like, like fear is like those things that's like, God is like, why are you afraid? I heard someone say everything you want is on the opposite side of fear. If you look over the beside on the other side of the wall of fear, it's everything you want. Right. But he knows that when God's love is in your life, you're not afraid to be you. Oh, man, that's we're. I think the number one thing we are most afraid of is being successful at being ourselves. It's hard being original. It's easy to be a copy. All I got to do is look like you, dress like you, talk like you, whatever, whatever. It's easy to be someone else and it's harder to be ourselves, but it's actually cheaper to be ourselves and be expensive being someone else. How is it cheaper to be ourselves? Someone that loves themselves, who's not ashamed of being themselves. How is it cheaper? Yes, Courtney. It's natural. It flows. It's like no sweat. No, it's like I can be me. That's why, man, I don't care who laughs at my jokes. I laugh at them. They funny to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get my own, I'm gonna get myself my own mess. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Ahmad, and then we go to Drew. Uh, you, don't you don't care. And how is that effective and powerful? Because a lot of people, like, you tend to care about what other people are saying. You let it affect how you so, That's real. You don't care. Well, you don't care, you can honestly care for yourself. Like, I, if I don't care, like, people are gonna have control. Now, now, there's some things you gotta, you know, pay attention to. Like, even when people put comments in my YouTube channel, whatever, whatever, even if it's negative, I try to find some meat in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, do they see something I don't see? Because one, two groups of people that I tell you the truth, three people, kids, drunkards, and haters. Those three people to tell you to tell you the God honest truth. <laughs> kids will tell you the truth. Drunk people. That's why. Don't get your friends drunk. <laughs> Just don't do that. Drunk people. And go ahead, go ahead, Drew, go ahead. Start from scratch. Expound that for me. Uh, when you see your Bible starting as cheap, like, you can uh, get deep in your craft. So, like, say if you want to do something, like Ma said, uh, you care about what other people, uh, people think of you then. And so on, like, you try to reach in touch with people, you can't do that because you uh, letting haters always talking about Oh, you can't do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that plagues a lot of people. It's like, why are you tell? I never listen to people 
who ha who has advice on something I'm doing, but they never did. They tell they the loudest people are the people who have nothing for their life trying to direct your life. The older you get, you begin to realize, even parents, I'm like, fam, how are you not my parents? I'm talking about when I hear kids say, like, they'll be like, you should go do this, but it's like all you've known is this way of thinking. So for instance, of course in their day, college is the way. I'm not college college is for not everybody, but it's for some people. But people who try to force college or force entrepreneurship or force business or try to force you into doing something that is not you, I got to look at your resume. Before I allow you to resume to be a voice in my life, I got to check the resume of your life. They say, is your, do your words match? Because people who really been there, it's crazy. I've gotten more help from, from people who are where I want to be versus the people that are not where I want to be. But they're the loudest, though, because the insecurities are loud. And sometimes parents are so insecure because they're going to be like, well, it's funny. I'm like, if it didn't work for you, what makes you think it's going to work for me? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's like, it's not even that part. It's the part. It's the fact that you have a bunch of like Christian parents that be like, yeah, my child needs to do this, do this. But you being a Christian, why don't you intercede? Or why don't you have your child pray about it? That's real. I think. I think sometimes they're scared of losing control. I think people are scared of actually allowing their kids to be led by the spirit of God because they're afraid. It's like, that's why I think we just have to do a better job. And with my daughter, I'm, I'm not like my, my, my wife and I have been in a war for the last few for couple of weeks and I, I've lost the war. But I wasn't really in the war like she like she was in the war. So the, the conversation came up about <clears throat> uh, my wife was a cheerleader growing up. And I, of course, I was a ball player growing up. And so the, the topic arose over dinner about uh, basketball or cheering. I said, she's probably going to want to hoop. And she, you know, was like, Which, why do you think she's going to hoop? I said, because her daddy hoop. She thought I was saying that I want her to go to WNBA. I didn't say I want her to go to WNBA. <laughs> I just said that if she see her dad shooting outside, she going to want to jump it like a dad. Okay. My wife was like, no, but what if she wants to cheer? And I'm like, if she wants to cheer. But what I'm saying is you got to be okay. If she says Dad, I want to play basketball, I have to be okay. And I got in my feelings too. Cause I'm like, fam, what if she do want to cheer? I can't, how kind of, not only I got to do tea time. Now I got to do cheers with you. You know what I'm saying? I, I, so I need I, what I'm saying is, but that's that's that could be a possible that could be a possibility. I'm have to get up in them chairs with her. I got hips too, so we got we got to do what we got to do. But what I'm saying is, is this: we cannot have so much control that we can't let God take control, right? So enlightenment, then love. Love says, "Hey, man, I'm not afraid to be me." Like, like that's why I tell people, man. I post on Facebook, like. Never love someone beyond your love for yourself. How is that dangerous? Loving someone more than you loving you. Go ahead, Drew. Okay, Drew. Talk your talk, bro. Been there, done that, Drew. <laughs> Go ahead, Harms. You fail, you fall with the, that's why they say if you live for someone's acceptance, you can die from their rejection. Even if you have them. 
You see what I'm saying? So if I live for their acceptance, the moment they reject me, now I'm done. But if I if I if I'm accepted by God, no rejection can make me fall. It may sting, but I tell people like you got to be careful because there's two sides of the coin. It's like if I'm accepted by God and I'm rejected by people, okay, if if you have low self-esteem and you live for somebody's acceptance, their rejection will lead you to depression. Mm-hmm. Right? If you are rejected by somebody and you love yourself, you can then be led to arrogance. Because then it, it depends on what side. Some people are bruised emotionally and some people are bruising their ego. Either way, if someone rejects you, like for some, if maybe, sometimes I'd be across my desk or on the phone on a coaching call and I give this genius advice. <laughs> and they don't take it I'm looking at my phone like fam I'm wasting time take your money back <laughs> no 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 let me keep the money <laughs> oh, hold on don't get it waste my time but it happens all the time because people swear they know it all sometimes they just want you to talk to them to, to confirm what they want to do right and so <laughs> What I realized was like, like you got to take better of your time because your time is valuable. That's why I told somebody the other day, I said, yesterday's price, not today's price. Like I got a baby now. Prices are different. You take away from my family. That's 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 expense. You see what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, is that you can be yourself. Now, enlightenment is number one. Love is number two. Joy is number three. Joy means a joyful person can't be stopped demonically. Why or how? How can it not be stopped? Why can't they be stopped? Say it again. It's not them, it's God. That's good, yep. If you're a demon and this person is living section A, 8 or A, I don't know what the, I don't know if it's a letter or a number. 8, gotcha, you know, section 8. That's letter 8. Anyway, apartment 8, anyway. A person can be in a dire situation and have the joy of the Lord. They're more of a threat than a, a depressed billionaire. They in the lows. I'd rather walk, catch a bus, drive a car that's not deemed valuable in society and have the joy of the Lord than to be in the newest Royce Royce or Bentley and depressed. Joy is more valuable than a joy ride, right? It's more valuable because when I have joy on the inside, then, then no demon can interfere and, and, and lose or cause me to lose in my life. Joy is like people looking for joy because joy is saying people look at Christians who are real Christians, like really have experienced God to the point where they, have, they look at them jealous. They're like, I have more than you, but you have more than me. I'd rather have more on the inside than other people have on the outside. Because when you have on the inside, you can make the outside stuff. But joy is powerful. The third, the last thing is peace. A demon cannot interfere with someone who's at peace. You can live in the worst neighborhood of all. Because when you are enlightened, that a thousand may fall at your left and ten thousand at your right hand, but it won't come near you. That no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every plague that comes down my door. Oh, what's the I go? Uh, say it again. Every word that raises up. Uh, any, say it again. Every tongue that rises up against the day of judgment shall be condemned. No plague should come down my dwelling. That all that stuff. When a person is enlightened on that, loved by that, at joy because of that, you know you always protected. 
Where's the safest place on earth? My home. <laughs> I feel you, I feel you. Well, what's the safest place? Ah. Say it again. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. But it's, I'm looking for something else. I can't. Lights start flickering. I'm like, God, I, we'll, we'll take that answer too, Lord. I'm sorry. The will of God is the safest place. You see where I'm going? The will of God, right? Because the will of God, the Bible says the will, not the Bible, but there's a quote that says, the will of God will never take you where his grace won't keep you. I can always be at peace if I'm where I'm supposed to be at, right? So what we're talking about today is about how, what is spiritual warfare and how do we equip ourselves for this spiritual war? So we talked about that. We kind of went down a rabbit hole, went to the left. We're going to come back up the road. And we talked about um, spiritual warfare. Here it is. Spiritual warfare is eternal, global, national, regional, local, and personal. There's an eternal war going on. Like this is heaven and hell type of result. Like there, like after when this war is all said and done, there will be eternal casualties. There will be hundreds upon hundreds or whatever the number is, billions, millions, quadrillions of people going to hell. All right. So it's an eternal warfare with an eternal goal. The eternal goal of God. Is, and what do we always say is this? I think Pastor Chisholm said this in chapel one time. It's not God and Satan. Like, so it's not like God and Satan are like equal components. Or opponents, right? Because if that was sold, then Satan would be fighting God. But no, Satan's fighting Michael. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, you got to fight, fight Michael, right? What we're saying is that the eternal ramification of this is the advancing of God's kingdom to save souls and the hindering of God's kingdom to lose souls, right? There's also a global, a global uh, warfare to make a one world government, one world church, one world currency. That's a global warfare. There's also a national warfare of, of, of uh, civil unrest, civil war. There's a regional warfare based upon, you know, states against states or what I mean by that political stuff. Then you also have a local warfare. And you can tell that by like if I what's the warfare going on in Atlanta right now? What's one thing you can say? I know the, the principality of Atlanta is what? Gay. The principality, <laughs> he probably mad sus too. If we actually saw that principality, bro, he probably flaming. But anyway, the principality in Las, Ve Las Vegas is who? Greed, gambling, greed. Poverty. Like, so you can tell, you can tell who runs a regional local area based upon what happens in that area. All right? So there's a, a local warfare. We also got uh, right here, last but not least, we have a personal warfare. Personal means everyday you versus them. Do you understand, man? They, they, they got a scouting report on you. Like, like demons know more about you than you know about yourself. They know all your weak points. They, know all, they got a list of all your haters. They got all the list of people whose voices matter to you. And you wonder why, why does my mom always say things reckless at this time? Or my dad says this, or, or the words I haven't heard or have heard. Like, like, they got a list of, at any given moment, no matter how strong you are, that's why it's crazy. All of us are guilty, all of us have seen this, that our fire for God is always brief. Four good days, man. <laughs> you on fire. Good. You got tear jars. <laughs> you, run, you running now. <laughs> your introverted self never thought you'd run, <laughs> and you running laps in your house, praising, worshiping. You're reading your Bible. You into it. How long that lasts on average? 
How long? Oh, let's be honest. We don't, don't say you. But if you was to guess, on average, how long does it? How long does a, a believer be on fire periodically? Five days, three days. I'd say one because if you think about it, if you put the hours together. Some of us, like with this new generation, right, all we one, care one, about is like the moment. Yeah. So like, not even a day. That's why social media. I, I don't. I don't think social media was invented in two thousand nine, ten, or whatever it was. It was invented hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Hundreds. We talk. The concept has always been there. We go. That's what I'm saying. The concept has always been, and the technology hasn't. Right. So the technology caught on. Because think about it. It's like um, social security. Social security. Then we got the China has. I ain't gonna say this stuff because I put this on YouTube. But there's a lot of different. There's a lot of different things. So what I'm saying, the concept is not old. Meaning, the Bible says in the last days they will not be able to endure what. If I can't endure sound doctrine, how can I be a, 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 a how can I endure as a sound Christian? Right. So if our attention span is short, I'll be finding myself. That's why shorts, reels. Hear these words. Why are they like that? Like now we are. The more you look at shorts, the more you look at reels, the more you look at whatever these things are called. You're literally programming your 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 elastability, like your ability to. To, to watch them. So if I put a two hour life changing informative video in front of you, you can't last two minutes. And so now marriage, money management, all these things you can't learn from a short or a real. <laughs> you got to You you got to study to show yourself approved. So it's by design that we can't stay long periods of time learning. And so now we got to say, OK, man, all right, man, what's the plot against me? How are these demons trying to throw me off? Because I even find my own self. I'm like, man, I miss those moments. That's why I'm trying to find my balance now. Like I'm trying to find that time where I can really spend time with God and and be all things to all people. You know what I'm saying? That's tough. But you have to fight for that because the person you are because of that, you impenetrable. We all felt like giants. Remember, I saw a meme on maybe I'll be, I be telling y'all about my social media experience, but I forget that we on two different algorithms. <laughs> my algorithm has got a bunch of babies. It's got food. It's got uh, uh, business stuff. Our, our explore pages are different. What I'm saying is that my memes may be different than the memes in y'all see. But they, they be memes about you went into your prayer closet as a cat and you came out as a lion. Y'all seen that meme? Thanks, Madam. Appreciate you. See, you seen it. You, I know you saw it. You, you, you probably, you, yeah, you going, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that we go in our prayer closet as a little kitty cat, and we come back out as a lion. The next thing you know, we go right back in our home as a kitty cat again. We have to get to a place where we say, "Man, I got to fight for my right." No, I'm joking. We got to fight. I, I had, to, I had, to, anyway. I got to fight to stay in that sweet spot because I'm impenetrable. So you got to think about your life. And we're going to end in about two minutes. You got to think about it. We'll do a part two next week. But you got to think about, hey, man, you know, how is he? How are they? Now, spiritual warfare doesn't mean you. We're going to make sure you understand. I don't want y'all looking for demons like, oh, my gosh, there's a demon in the corner. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got I'm so focused on God that they don't even want to be around. Yeah, that's, that's... So the focus shouldn't be like, is that was a demon? Was that a demon? 
oh, I'm in the middle of this battle. You over there swinging your Bible, hurt, thinking you're going to cut a demon. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I wonder if that works. But anyway, <laughs> you never you never know. What I'm saying, I don't want you guys to be thinking scared or whatever, because the war has been won from an eternal standpoint. But it's matching. Oh, we'll keep going. Last point, and we're done. Um, whether you know it or like it or not, you are a player in this warfare. Many are ignorantly involved. Ignorantly involved. Just out here twirling in the middle of a warfare. Imagine you in Ukraine and you see this ballerina going off. <laughs> Bombs dropping and they just, it's like, fam, it's a war, fam. <laughs> but look at our lives. You got, but look at our lives right now. A lot of us are out here just pursuing careers that God doesn't want us Pursuing things, twirling in the middle of a warfare, twirling, flipping, smiling in relationships, just out here as if there's no war going on. Then it's going to come a day where it's going to really get intense. That's why, you know, I, I, it's going to be real nice to become and to know people who are uh, what's some people call uh, uh, Packers, them people that got like. Thousands of stored foods and guns everywhere. <laughs> huh? Like the, the, the apocalypse people, like the people that's like they're practicing shooting every day. <laughs> they they got bunkers. They got. So what they're saying is, they're practicing for the inevitable, while we're ignorantly walking towards the inevitable. I rather be prepared when it happens. Than to be like the five unwise virgins that was like, oh, I ran out of oil. There's going to come a day in America and we're not that far off. It ain't going to be in your kids generation. It may happen and it will happen the way it's going. Like you bet. Like if you can't handle little pity pat warfare, what happens when they got gun warfare? Like right now in Nigeria, right now in China, right now in real countries, People are getting shot in the head for believing in Jesus right now. I almost got kidnapped in Nigeria. Like I know from real life experience, like you see what I'm saying? Like, like, like there's countries right now while we're over here twirling in America, living and not knowing that what I heard we are a third world country with a Gucci belt is what they say. Right now, if you look at the numbers, we are not the America of the 90s. We're not the America where we was whatever. And so right now, we're one move away from being like, yo, do we go underground? You see what I'm saying? And so if we don't know how to win now, how will we win later? I'd rather win now so I can go where the wind wants me to go. Because there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of cow. Good Christians are going to die because they wasn't in tune. What if God says, hey, to you right now, I need you to pack up and go to Nevada. I need you to pack up to go to South Dakota. I need you to pack up and go to Maine. But God ain't, it ain't popping in Maine though, God. <laughs> and a bomb drops in your city the next day. There's a lot of people, no matter what, there's going to be a lot of people that, like 9-11, y'all heard this story, and I said it many times, we'll stop here. They said a lot of people didn't go to work because they felt like they shouldn't have went to work. But how many people went to work that felt like they shouldn't have went to work? 
So now they're looking at God like, oh, you was trying to tell me. Bro, it was 8.36. I made you look at your clock. Like, man. Obedience, there's safety. So next week, we're going to finish this up next week. Obedience equals safety. And so next week, we're going to finish this up. And um, any questions, thoughts, comments? Everybody's good? All right, good. We'll finish up next week.